when we look at the stats after the sale, there are much many more uh, privates than there are dealers. And when I started, you know, with prints 30 odd years ago, it was all dealers, you know, very few, you know, and all the sales were priced up or, or, or laid out uh, alphabetically in the catalogs. It, it was just very much a, a dealer's market. They would come in, buy everything, and then they would they would they would sell it to their collectors. And as the market's grown, as the internet makes more things visible, as uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's great to have those. We sell to those end collectors, and that is that's one of the that's a great aspect of the job. Welcome to the Artelligence Podcast. Live Art's look behind the scenes at how the global art market really works. I'm your host, Marion Manneker. This podcast is brought to you by Live Art, the global art marketplace that puts you in control. Download the Live Art app to get all of the most relevant art market information as well as access to exclusive private sales. Or visit us at liveart.io. Editions, or the sales of prints and multiple works, is an auction category that is rarely discussed. For many artists, edition work is a significant part of their practice. Over the last several years, there's been an explosion in interest in auction activity. In 2021, Philips saw a record-breaking year for its edition sales. Since then, auction volume has risen another 30% to a total of $40 million in sales in 2022. Philips Editions Department was founded in 2008. Since that time, there's been a five-fold increase in bidders registered with the house. To discuss the growth in the editions market, I spoke with Robert Kennan, Philips Head of Editions in Europe. Robert Kennan, you have been running Philips Prints and Editions uh, auctions uh, department for the last decade, right? This is your 10th anniversary. And in the last couple of years, I mean, I think you've grown that market at Philips, but in the last, uh, it seems like two to three years, certainly since the pandemic, there has been a, a real upswing in the uh, prints and editions market. I'm not sure it's connected to the pandemic so much as there's a broader trend taking place. And and so I wanted to speak to you uh, about that to get a better understanding of the print market. I have a stat that um, of the lot sold at auction uh, uh, at all three major houses, by lots, something like uh, 47% of those lots are prints, which is a sign of just how many prints there are out there. But for every lot, there's a buyer. That means a big part of the art market are people buying uh, prints and editions. Yet we sometimes think about it as a separate world. So I thought we could spend a little bit of time you know, getting a better handle on what the prints and editions market is like. So uh, welcome and thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks, Marin. It's a pleasure to be talking with you. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the editions market is huge. And just as you said, that 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 percentage is incredible. Uh, the last couple of years, last three, two to three years, difficult to say. I think it's probably been increasing before that. I think the pandemic had an impact and probably a positive one. People staying at home, uh, not being able to attend uh, exhibitions, fairs. I think the whole 
online development of being able to to bid online has, has helped enormously. Um, but I think it's a culmination really of also of, of what we put in place. I mean, it's our 10th anniversary year in London, but I think the the, the department was established five years before that in New York, and I and I think it's it's been a steady trajectory up since then. I think we 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 sort of rebranded the whole collecting field of prints essentially by uh, calling it editions. And I think from then, really, we've just captured uh, captured you know the, there's a there's a huge demand. But we now have classes of edition work that have become very popular. I think the the most visible ones are the Jeff Koons balloon dog plates and then the uh, subsequent Bernardo balloon dogs. One got an enormous amount of publicity recently for having been uh, uh, broken. But, you know, that idea that there are multiples uh, of a work is, is increasingly what people are interested in. But I don't think, you know, we used to talk about this with the Picasso market, that there was this market for Picasso ceramics, and they somehow treated it like it was separate or almost like a gateway market to, uh, you know, real collecting. And then they discovered it was actually people who owned a lot of paintings who also bought ceramics to kind of surround their other paintings and that they were integrated. How much of the um, multiples market is driven by people who are, you know, really know the, about the, the, the prints, their editions, all of that, that, and how much is it someone wanting an image that relates to other images they might own? I think it's a, a combination. Uh, I think, yeah, there are people who have a sort of a his, holistic view of it and want to have, you know, many aspects of an artist's work. Um, and uh, equally, there are people coming to the market for the first time and want to. That's their that's their first work that they're collecting, and that's their their entry point. Um, so, so that leads me to another question, which is, um, and and here's a chance for me to make a correction. In another podcast, I mistakenly identified a, uh, a white glove David Hockney print sale. Uh, it's coming from another auction house, but it was at a, a Phillips uh, sale, and it was remarkable just because it was a, such a strong. Uh, sale. It was also, I think, noteworthy that you'd already put together a David Hockney, uh, uh, you know, Prince and Multiples uh, uh, sale as its own uh, feature. Since then, Hockney's market continues to grow both in the paintings. He's got this huge public event in London now that's the first artist-led, you know, one of these um, multimedia environments, but instead of it being, you know, the multimedia producers taking Van Gogh or Monet, it's the actual artist creating his own uh, multimedia environment. And it's been my impression that's been incredibly uh, well-received. Could you talk a little bit about the Hockney um, uh, market? I mean, I know he he does a lot with iPads and making uh, multiples, is, is, is it just something that's growing because of all the work that he's been doing recently? Is it growing because of the, his stature and uh, as an artist and the growing value of his painting? Yeah, I mean, so many things. I think, you know, definitely there's, you mentioned there's a resurgence in those prices over the last 10 years for paintings. I think, you know, additions can sometimes follow a different line. It's not, they're not always additions and paintings are not always you know, run parallel. Uh, interesting, you know, now prices for some of his moving focus prints from the 80s are sort of only just reaching what they were making in the 80s uh, when the Japanese were chasing them so 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 avidly. Uh, but he's always been producing editions. He always sees them as a 
I think he he loves editions. He loves making prints. He loves experimenting with technology. Uh, and I think it's incredibly useful for him as an artist to uh, an element of self promotion. Uh, uh, and and yeah, the most recent iPads have really uh, really captured people's imagination. They're they're small editions. They're big, colourful, very accessible. Uh, they're they're interesting from a technological point of view. Uh, and and the imagery is very very commercial, I suppose. How does the primary market w- work? Uh, you know, Pace just had a show of those um, flower prints, and it was done at Pace. Uh, there used to be a separate Pace Prints uh, gallery. I don't know if it's still run separately uh, or it's just all a part of. But it wasn't sold as Pace Prints. You know, is 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 doing the show. It was a David Hockney show of uh, of his multiples. In general, one of the things that drives, especially on the emerging side of the market, um, prices for uh, artists is, you know, people going to the secondary market because the primary market is heavily controlled by a a dealer. I I presume that's not the same when uh, an artist is making uh, multiples, that there's less concern about the where the individual works uh, wind up, and and is that part of what happens? Is that you know people are being offered on the primary market uh, 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 multiples that they from artists that they maybe can't get uh, 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 paintings from, or is it really just a run as a a separate uh, market? Yeah, interesting. I mean, I don't think they have any restrictions on resale uh, for the Hockney editions, which for for. You know, for other artists, less less well-known artists, there are restrictions. You know, preventing people from uh, putting them onto the secondary market very quickly. Uh, whereas, but but Hockney, there isn't, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and I think, yeah, I, I, that's that, that's not that's not something they have particularly have an issue with. I suppose it's you know each artist or each gallery as well will will have a view on that. You know, the other major artist I wanted to talk to you about uh, is Warhol. Um, you know, for many years, uh, Andy Warhol was the pillar of the contemporary art market. Uh, and it's not that he no longer is, it's just he's become so expensive, uh, fewer of his works uh, uh, come to auction. And there seems to be a shifting of a lot of the buying activity uh, to the print market, including the fact I think there was just a Campbell Soup edition that sold for, uh, uh, you know, uh, $2 million in in a, a recent sale, and that's not an uncommon or, or particularly noteworthy uh, uh, price. And, you know, I guess my question is, is Warhol becoming the driver of the print market? Yeah, I mean, he makes up a huge proportion of sales. Um, I mean, I think over nearly 40 percent of sales were you know, Warhol sales last year. So I, that's slightly skewed with some was a, a big sale of uh, lots of lots of Warhol at the end of last year, which probably bumped up that percentage significantly. But I think, you know, still very much, yeah, as, as you say, a really dominant uh, artist in that in the field. Um, yeah, interesting you'd say about the the uh, you know people being priced out and looking for perhaps additions as a as an alternative to originals. I you know it's funny, I still think there are people that, you know, would look down on additions and probably they might kind of want to go for an early drawing if they want an original Warhol. But but in a way, I think that's kind of, I think Warhol would sort of almost chuckle at that, given that 
the prints are in a way the sort of the most Warholian of his of his output. Uh and, and yeah, that's the closest you get to his sort of yeah, his his yeah, his 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 practice. Well, I mean he he is singular in the fact that he used a method that works both on canvas and on prints. The silk screening allows the the prints to be very similar to the uh, paintings because the the technique is, is is the same, and that's part of what you hear people discuss is uh, is you know if if a painting is ten million dollars, it makes a lot more sense to focus on prints, which the prints are not cheap by any uh, uh, standard. The the they're and I guess that's sort of part of the question is it's like how do you get a hold of an image. Uh, a, a print is a perfectly valid way to get some of these classic Warhol images, and there's some images that I believe are only prints, correct? That are aren't aren't a painting. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah, I can't think of specifics, but yes, uh, you know, he did work in, you know, he did work, yeah, and produce, yeah, unique things that, yeah, as you say, only exist in a printed form on paper. Yeah. So besides Warhol, who else sort of drives this uh, market? I mean, I, anecdotally, when I look at the uh, results, I see some Lichtensteins and John's uh, prints that are uh, always sort of quite valuable uh, uh, in the results. Yeah, the key. I mean, Lichtenstein prices seem to be increasingly strengthening. You know, that, that market, I think, seems undervalued. And you know, as soon as like Warhol. Dry prices go up, you know, and then other artists follow, uh, and they and they so they look inexpensive, and uh, certainly Lichtenstein's someone there. I think John's is more, uh, you know, maybe for key iconic works, uh, you know, that that there will be a there'll be um, real demand, but you know, maybe for generally the market is a bit is a bit flat, perhaps. Uh, I think people like going back to the questions sort of like drivers or you know, Hearst market is really interesting at the moment. Um, you know that you know, his whole printmaking career is 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 really interesting. Who he chose to make prints with over the years, and now uh, p- collaborating with Henny, you know that's a really interesting project that they've got going. Uh, uh, you know, I love the the Virtue set that they published recently, the the Cherry Blossom, which were uh, a set of eight prints, and the editions were was dictated by the amount of people who subscribed to the drop. It was kind of turning everything on on its head uh, in terms of you know who who can, who's controlling how many prints are made. It's like it's demand. It's not someone in advance saying this is going to be an edition of fifty or two fifty. Uh, so that I think there's 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 lots going on there that's fascinating. How much do collectors focus on the the you know the studio that produces the prints? Is is that central? I mean, you know, do, are are people uh, focusing on or, or looking for uh, those kinds of collaborations, or is that sort of incidental to the artist? Uh, I suppose mean, that's a sort of interesting uh, collaboration, the Henny Hearst collaboration. I suppose in terms of production of the actual works and you know who the artist chooses to work with, whether it's you know Hockney's interesting. His homemade prints were done entirely on a color photocopier by himself. He wanted to have complete control over making prints. Uh, you know, there are no artist proofs from those editions. They're all just as many as he made. Uh, you know, collectors love certain uh, print shops. You know, Crown Point Press make the most beautiful etchings. And, uh, you know, there are all sorts of places that, 
yeah that that's that's one aspect of of it you know some people just want the image and if the image is kind of really lovely and slick and well produced you know the henny works you know are kind of beautiful in that in that in their fabrication uh uh this artist will be attracted to you know working with master printers you know hockney uh stella worked with ken tyler to be some produce site amazing crazy uh additions of you know real uh ambition um so yeah that's the sort of yes that those who you work with as whether or not it's a, a sort of intimate relationship that an artist has with a printer you know like hockney and morris Payne, or it's you know how you want this thing to be fabricated at the end like a like a Jeff Koons, uh, you know, beautiful ceramic piece with, you know, amazing surfaces that replicate his sculptures. Uh, the the numbers when you when you just multiply the cost of e- even straight from Bernadeau, the the uh, Koons by all of the editions, it, it's a an enormous sum, bigger than any you know of his, you know, bigger than the balloon dog that sold for fifty eight million. I mean, it's just a, a, a huge amount of uh, uh, money, and it's a very active market where they're constantly being sold, and and it seems like most of them find buyers. So there's you know a lot of trading going on uh, uh, with that. What about historical artists? I mean, you know, printmaking's not new. It's not confined to contemporary artists by any means. Um, and even some many of the artists we've discussed are, uh, you know, uh, contemporary for the twentieth century, late twentieth century, not, not no longer. Uh, but they're, they're, these sales often contain, you know, uh, etchings and multiple wor- works from you know uh, many different eras. Is is that shifting as the rest of the art market is towards contemporary art? Are there people who are, you know, looking for historical modernist works uh, uh, through the the multiples market? Yeah, very much so. I mean, that's still a vibrant collecting field. Again, I think it's it's probably more polarized towards a fewer artists than it was maybe 20 30 years ago i think yeah people like lautrec or maybe bonnard we are people like that are less sought after now uh but um yeah picasso is still incredibly strong i mean monk the monk market is you know has its peaks and troughs um d- determined by various sort of economic factors sometimes quite specific uh, but well, what are those specific economic factors? That's interesting. What 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 changes people's desire for a, a vampire, uh, you know, uh, or a Madonna? Uh, uh, you know, the availability, the the uh, you know, uh, uh, sales of his uh, paintings. You know, we just had a, a, a big freeze uh, uh, sale. I mean, uh, I sometimes think you know the local market, the, the maybe the Norwegian market when that's this wealthy country and when you know, people like to collect you know someone you know their own artists as it were and i I've, i think that can have an impact um you know on markets certainly and uh you know when uh you know when they're you know yeah i think that's a that's a factor everyone talks about democratizing the art market and here is a place where very strong images from famous artists are available at often quite reasonable prices. How do you get that across? Who do you market to? Is it you're selling to dealers who then have to explain that to collectors or are you trying to reach collectors directly? Well, I mean, I think we really make an effort to really champion 
a collecting field like uh, editions, prints, multiples because of that. Because it, you know, for Phillips, it means that we're bringing in you know, our exhibitions attract thousands of uh, visitors, uh, and you know, we really do we do well with with that sort of bringing a new audience in. And they and they are lot, lots of lots of private people come in. Uh, and it's great that they they can see that as a as a something achievable for their you know for their it's a it's a first step in their collecting journey. But we, we but we do we do sell to you know collectors. We sell to dealers. It's a very vibrant marketplace. Uh, and yeah, it's I, I'd say we sell to more when we look at the stats after sale. There are much many more uh, privates than there are dealers. And when I started, you know, with prints 30 odd years ago, it was all dealers, you know, very few, you know, and all the sales were priced up or, or, or laid out uh, alphabetically in the catalogs. It, it was just very much a, a dealer's market. They would come in and buy everything and then they would, they would, they would sell it to their collectors. And as the market's grown, as the internet makes more things visible as, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's great to have those. We sell to those end collectors, and that is that's one of the that's a great aspect of the job that we get to uh, you know to sell it sell sell the works directly to that to a collector and uh, build build that relationship. It's been a number of years since I've been to a print um, preview, you know, exhibition, and I remember it, 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 it somewhat intimidating in its own way because instead of you know walking through a gallery with the paintings on the wall, which has its own, uh, you know, you have to know and uh, who, who do I ask and so on. In in the print exhibition there were racks and people, it was almost like the the old furniture days with someone with a flashlight in their teeth, you know, taking drawers out. There are people, you know, pull, yeah, and asking to see the backs and opening up the fr- frames to look at the condition of it. And it just seemed like one of those worlds where you had to know what you were doing to your remark about it being a dealer um, uh, sort of sale. You had to know what you were looking for to really uh, participate in, in this. Uh, are you saying that that's uh, changed? Yeah, I remember being told off uh, viewing for you know one of the other auction houses for for not for not sliding the prints over i i stupidly turned one over like a page in a book and and i sort of leapt on by one of the the viewing ladies and told off and uh and and yeah that that everything in the box i mean how how unwelcoming is that just to go into a room with you know 10 big black boxes on in a uh in in, in a sale room and then a whole bunch of things stacked up in the corner uh, so yeah, it's changed dramatically. I mean, you know, we're lucky at Phillips. We can we're given the whole uh, the whole gallery, all the galleries to present our works. So everything we have is framed. Uh, you know, but we get everything out of their frames if someone wants to see them. Uh, so the whole presentation's changed, and the whole yeah, the whole the whole industry has changed in that sense. Uh, about. Yeah. Well, I'm glad now to know that I should slide my prints and not uh, flip them over like a, a leaf in a, a book. So that's one good thing we're getting out of this uh, podcast. I, I would also was always struck that there are a few artists, the one who always comes to mind is Donald Sultan, who are quite big in the print market, but sort of only in, in the uh, print market. Is that just because it's the medium that they they choose? Is that something that happens that people sort of focus uh, on prints? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are certain artists that I think the, the best example is someone Stanley William Hater, uh, you know, an amazing printmaker, also a painter. 
but um you know he was you know key setting up studios in new york and um and paris you know to promote prince and just love the the whole process and he got you know, Miro and Picasso working with him uh and really his you know it, for whatever reason he chose that was his that was the that was the area that was a field the medium he he wanted to explore the most uh but you know I think what we love we do love it when we come across artists that really engage with printmaking and I mean you, you, I mean it can be it can be from a conceptual side which is one thing but I think actually the action of making things which uh you know, you, you love to to see something which has been beautifully made, and uh, you know that that that's very exciting. Um, yeah. But how do collectors learn about? You know, what's the marketing for uh, these? E, e, both sides, the, from you know uh, uh, the print studios and the galleries, and on your secondary market uh, side, it, 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 does it just sort of happen, or are you able to help develop these markets and you know encourage people to learn about? Out different uh you know editions that are coming out or have uh, have been out that are you know can be sought after optus um yeah i mean we love educating i mean that's one aspect that we're really fortunate to, to be able to do or feel that we can do and i think all print in print dealers or editions dealers yeah are keen to to explain how you know the processes work you know we often have uh, you know, etching workshops in London or screen printing workshops. Uh, recently, when we had the Hockney sale, we did an iPad workshop uh, to just to get people engaged with the process and kind of see the magic that uh, of 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 these processes and what they can produce. So yeah, we I think you know through our content online, through uh, Instagram posting and things, we try and educate that way. And but. But gallery, galleries have openings for uh, their artists. I, I believe they market directly when there's an edition, but they don't hold an opening for the 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 edition. I guess that's what I'm saying is like, and 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 they're not people sort of. Is is there a uh, a website, a newsletter? Uh, I would have said a magazine in an earlier era that sort of helps people, or is the central place where you can sort of follow. The print market. Oh right, is there a? Hmm. I mean, there may. I mean, you know, the the IFPDA in America is like an more internationally is an amazing organization that promotes prints, has fairs all over the world, and you know they have they have a rich source of of content that you know, you, you can tap into, and you know all the museums you know, have a have great you know print rooms. Bush Museum has an amazing place uh, to to visit and see, and and you know holds great exhibitions there, um, but. Yeah, yeah. Understanding the the methods that are used to to make the make editions, make prints, whether or not yeah, prints or multiples, you know, is yeah, is an amazing aspect to to what we do. And you know, we love we love those processes ourselves, and we love sharing that information with you know buyers and to, you know to get them engaged and excite them because it it can be quite easy just to say oh these are just prints they're just reproductions or you know what painting is this is this after uh you know is this something unique in its own right um you know what 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 went into this what's where's the value in this and i think you know we have to work quite hard sometimes to to win people over you know some you know some people are fine it's just easy but others you know really want to chew over the uh you know the you know, what what these things are and you know we we love that yeah, it, look, it, it it does seem like a market that's somewhat hiding in plain sight. Uh, that that is, is 
big, active, uh, and yet also somehow you know, just not registering with people. But it is interesting that there's not sort of one place for for the uh, people to sort of see what's going on in this uh, uh, market. Uh, and, and it is interesting the way it's sort of, it's always sort of adjacent to uh, a galleries program. Uh, it is a part of an auction houses pro- program, but there there's there's some aspect where it's just not, I guess it, it, it is getting the attention because the numbers seem to be growing, but it um, it's just not getting recognized in some way. There are, lo- there are lots of forums, you know, I think it's interesting with the whole rise in the urban art uh, sort of collecting field and Banksy, uh, you know, that led to lots of kind of online chat rooms about about really about those particular editions. But I think it's matured, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting sort of conversations going on online about you know editions, edition making, and uh, you know what's new. Uh, and I think as those people have matured as well, they've grown older. They've they're seeking out other artists as well. So, you know, likes of Shrigley or, you know, Hearst as well. I mean, Hearst has sort of tapped into that market, I think, as well, by being so willing to engage with NFTs uh, and things like that. So there's quite, yeah, it's an interesting online you know, uh, forums that that are there as well to to, to access and and are the street art and Banksy works being sold in your sales? They're they're no longer a sort of separate urban or street art uh, 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 sale category. We never really had a specific urban art sales. Uh, you know, we do sell. I think we've just been selective with what what we feel you know, we want to handle because you can it is a, a huge field in itself, and I think you can get sucked into it. So we've sort of maybe cherry pick the things that we feel you know, feel right for us. Um, and um, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we, sell, we have sold, you know, Banksy's stick, the, the, those sorts of artists and yeah. Invader, Invader seems to be, you know, the latest artist that's whose market's really, you know, really, really uh, buzzing. Well, I, I am uh, going to not pick up on your mention of NFTs only because I'm not sure I understand if there is a connection yet between this market and the NFT market. I mean, it seems logical that there should be one, uh, but it's not entirely cl- clear to me. Do you see a, a, a connection, uh, you know, in your day-to-day experience, not, not, you know, intellectually? I haven't really engaged with them myself. I um, and I suppose a lot of our clients, a lot of our collectors, are are very up to up to up to speed with it and are in- involved with it. Um, but but we haven't uh, got it got involved in it. I mean, certainly in the additions market and sort of that any kind of crossover. Uh, though it is interesting that you say that that the there's an overlap with the collector base and that they're uh, uh, sort of proficient with the NFT market because I, you know those successful NFTs that I see are ones that are part of either you know uh, an IP universe like the apes or the doodles or you know the 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 punks or part of like the generative you know all the art blocks uh, projects that you know it I guess those are it's I don't know can you call those additioned when they're they're unique iterations but within you know a framework it it sort of feels like a new category yeah I I'm, yeah I'm not really up to speed with it but. Um, yeah, it's a, it is a yeah, it's fascinating. I'm, but I, 
I can't really comment that uh, well on there. No, I, I look. I, I think it's one of those things. None, none of us can. And uh, I just, it, it's I'm more curious to hear what your um, customers are saying because they're probably the best, uh, uh, you know, source of information for all of us. I mean, I've always found that with you know part of being, a, you know, the additions. Well, you know, you, you can find yourself sometimes being spread quite thinly, having with having to be knowledgeable of all these different fields and. That I've always found that the collectors come in and the people that will, will come in and, and they will have vastly more information sometimes about artists or, or knowledge. And you know, that's where you kind of that's where it's you have those great conversations with um, with your with your clients, really. Um, you know, and then it's sometimes you feel you know, embarrassed that they, they, their expectation is that, you know, absolutely everything. And, you know, of course you don't, but, you know, and, and then that, yeah, so that's a, that's a fun well, part of the... They're the place you're supposed to learn this stuff from. That's what they don't realize. <laughs> your, your role is to be a vector, not to know everything. Well, Robert, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Uh, as I said, I'm, I'm fascinated with the, the your market, and now I think someone should start a, 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 a website or an organ to you know newsletter to 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 cover the print market, and I have to go out and find that person. Hey, great! Thanks, Marion. I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Thank you for joining us at the Artelligence Podcast, edited by Colin Ketchin, who also composed the original music. For more episodes, listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to download the LiveArt app or visit us at liveart.io. Please join us for the next episode of the Artelligence Podcast. We're looking forward to it. <laughs>